What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hot Infinity, the podcast dedicated to everything sports and nerd culture. I am your host, Jacob Knight, and we've got a great show lined up for you today, folks. On today's episode, Phase 4 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe starts this Friday with the release of WandaVision, so we're going to dive into that and give you my thoughts on what I think is going to happen in this show. And then we get a second round of the NFL playoffs. We're going to break down the matchups and predict the winner of each game. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Yes, 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 that time of weekend, everybody. Episode 82 of the High on Affinity podcast, the podcast dedicated to everything sports and nerd culture. Like always, I'm your host, Jacob Knight. First time listening to the podcast, welcome to the podcast. And if you're a returning listener, we are glad to have you back for another fantastic episode. And please go like us on our social media sites. Like us on Facebook at High on Affinity Podcast. Follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at High Affinity Pod. Or follow me, the host, on my personal accounts, Twitter and Instagram at SoYamAsian. And if you did not get all that, just hit the link tree link up in the bio with a podcast. There's all our podcast streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and the Anchor app, and our podcast social media sites. And if you like what you hear, please leave your boy a five-star review on your preferred streaming platform. Hope everybody's doing good. Had a great weekend. I'm doing pretty good myself. I'm here to announce that I finally moved in to my new place. Couches came in today, so I don't got to sit on the floor like I've been doing for the past few days. And this upcoming week, I'm going to set up like my pictures and vinyls all around the place to make it feel a little more homey. But we got a pretty good episode lined up for you today. WandaVision comes out this Friday on Disney+. Plus. It's the first MCU content we have in over a year and a half. And Phase 4 will officially start. Then we got the NFL playoffs. We're going to recap the wildcard games and look into this weekend, the divisional round, and pick the winners in each matchup. But before we get on that, we got to address the elephant in the room. You all know I don't shy away from talking about stuff that related to the podcast on here. For example, last summer I spoke on the George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Jacob Blake situations and the continuing fight for social justice in this country. And last Wednesday, we had a little, little incident on Capitol Hill. I would have talked about it last week, but I recorded last week's episode a day early on Tuesday instead of Wednesday, you know, my normal recording day. So I couldn't give you my thoughts, but better wait than never. And some of you may be thinking, but Jacob, we, we heard about, we heard this all last week on news channels, sports channels, all social media. Yeah, but like I said in the past, yes, I talk about sports, movies, video games, TV shows on this podcast, but that does not make me blind to what is going on in the world. And I promised myself I'm not going to stay too long on this. So I'm going to try my best. So the Capitol Hill invasion. Of course, you know, last Wednesday, I was editing last week's episode, hopped on Twitter, and I saw people were protesting at Capitol Hill. And I thought, dang, like, they're that mad that Warnock and Ossoff won the Georgia Senate runoff elections, you know, because it was a day before. But, you know, I didn't pay no mind to it at the moment. So I finished editing the episode, hopped back on Twitter, and the first thing I saw was they stormed the Capitol building. I was like, what the hell? So I turned on the news. I didn't just turn on to see what was going off like 10 minutes and, you know, went on with my day. I watched the news for about a good two or three hours once I knew what was going on. Turns out there was a, a pro-Trump rally in D.C. that day, and they decided to storm the Capitol to stop like the legislation that would officially make Joe Biden the president, the next president of the United States because the, the election was quote-unquote stolen. No, it wasn't. You know, people just went out and voted in record numbers, but... When we were all watching this unfold, a lot of people asked the same question. 
if this was a group of black people who tried to storm the Capitol, what would have happened? We all know what would have happened. It would have been a massacre out there. And I knew for damn sure we wasn't, we wasn't going to be able to make it inside the Capitol building. Hell, not even past the first step at that. And if, it, if this was any other you know, group besides a pro-Trump group, we'll say Black Lives Matter, the LGBTQ uh, community, animal rights, teachers for higher pay, indigenous people, you know, so on and so forth. It would have had a completely different ending to that situation. It looked like a damn Call of Duty mission, to be honest. They were just letting them walk in the Capitol, walking around like it was a damn field trip. They were all in like the senator's chamber, uh, Pelosi's office. You had that, yeah, you had that guy in Nancy Pelosi's office. You had that other dude who stole the podium. Then they were, you know, he was waving to the camera like, hey, you know, look at me. I'm not going to get caught. Like, like, come on, man. Like, there's so many crimes going on right now. And after it was all said and done, I think I read that about like 50-something people were arrested out of the thousands of people who was on Capitol Hill that day. And there were like five deaths as well. And they also arrested a guy that was in Pelosi's office and a guy that stole the podium. Also, they arrested a guy with the, he was in all the pictures. He had like the, the raccoon hat on. He had his face painted red, white, and blue and all that and all that stuff. And I saw something on Twitter that a, that a company fired an employee who attended uh, the riot be, uh, because they you know, when they showed his picture, they found out he had his work badge on <laughs> in, in his picture. And you know, like when Twitter gets onto something, it it just latches onto it and it goes crazy. And Twitter was crazy as usual with the memes. I want to say the funniest thing I saw on Twitter was it was like a rider. They were climbing up a wall, and they fell like like 15 feet. And someone added an audio from WWE of Jim Ross when the Undertaker threw mankind off hell in a cell, like the "By God, he killed them." You know, you know that audio clip. I thought that was pretty funny but back back to my thoughts on a more serious note for the people calling you know the black Lives matter protesters thugs like they need to call these people thugs too like if you're upset that they looted a target and burned down a wendy you got to be as equally as mad or even more mad that they invaded they invaded the capitol building you know like the most sacred building in the country besides the white house and i got a question yeah another question also like where was that kid at from kenosha with the rifle like i ain't see him like, why, how come he didn't bring his rifle to D.C. to protect the city's property from these thugs? Like, it just shows a whole bunch of hypocrisy, in my opinion. I'm pretty sure that these thugs that invaded Capitol Hill were the same people that are saying, you know, back to blue, blue lives matter, comply, you won't get shot. You know, telling other people to obey and respect the police. And I did not see one blue lives matter post that day or within the following days after the invasion on Capitol Hill. And the same people were telling us to respect the cops. It was the one beating the hell out of the cops that they were telling us to respect and obey. And also, these are the same people that crucified Colin Kaepernick for kneeling for the national anthem and the flag, saying he's un-American, unpatriotic, and wanted him kicked out the damn country for disrespecting the flag. And these same people, you know, they stole what some things called a scaffolding, to go up, you know, the building on Capitol Hill, they took down the American flag, you know, the American flag that they respected and obeyed and hung up a Trump flag in its place. And also, like, we saw people with the Confederate flags walking all in uh, the Capitol building as well. And I do not know where the narrative that the Confederate flag represents pride and patriotism came from. Like, the Confederacy wanted out the Union because they, they wanted to keep slaves when they said, hey, 
get rid of the slaves. Or, no, we want to keep them. If not, we're going to leave. Or they did not want to be a part of, of the United States. So I don't have a, I don't have a problem with the city taking down the Confederate statues. Like they lost the Civil War. Why why are you gonna hang up statues of losers? That's like whoever loses this year's Super Bowl, they're gonna have a banner that says Super Bowl runner up. Doesn't make any sense. But those events that happened last week were just it was just embarrassing in my opinion. Everybody, I bet the other countries are looking at us like, damn, what the hell y'all got going on? Like at the end of 2020, if you told me Jacob, the Capitol building will be invaded. I would say about who? North Korea? Iran? They'd be like, no, Americans. I'd be like, huh? Then Trump gave that half-assed speech for an event that he basically planned. Like he, he told him like on Twitter, hey, come to Capitol Hill on this day and go crazy. Like folks out there had shirts of the event, like it was a damn family reunion. Then eventually Trump got banned from all social media sites, except Parler. Probably like, <laughs> like how you get banned from Pinterest? He can't even look up a French onion soup recipe on Pinterest if he wanted to. But that was a crazy sequence of events. I just hope things get better. Like when Biden and Harris get in office, things are not going to get fixed overnight. You know, it's going to take time. And I know that Biden and Harris does have a spotty history, especially in the black community. And people brought that up. You know, they're saying like, you know what Biden and Harris did to the black community with the bills they passed. Yes, we know the history, but... Why are y'all so concerned about black people now that all of a sudden, you know, when a narrative fits, you know, fits for you. But those are just some topics for another day. Hopefully I haven't gone too long about, you know, talking about this, but I just had to get some stuff off my chest. Now let's get to the fun stuff. So this Friday, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is back after an 18-month hiatus. Spider-Man Far From Home being the last Marvel content we got back in July 2019. And Marvel did have a big year planned for 2020 with Black Widow coming out in May, The Eternals coming out in November, and you have Falcon and the Winter Soldier coming out that August, and WandaVision was coming out later in 2020. But COVID happened and ruined everything. And at the end of this segment, I'll give you the updated Marvel Cinematic Universe timeline because I butchered it the last time I talked about it because I forgot when did the Eternals come out and I left out a couple other films and TV shows as well but we'll get to that in due course but let's talk about the star of this segment WandaVision the first piece of Marvel content we're getting in a stacked I mean stacked phase four lineup I've been talking about this show a lot over the past couple months because it has been gaining my interest recently uh when the show was first announced along with the other ones you know Loki and falcon and the winter soldier i wasn't excited as i was for wandavision like i was for those two nothing against those characters but you know i wasn't really paying attention to them during the movies but i'm happy that they're getting their chance to shine and that's what i like about uh, these marvel shows on disney plus they're giving supporting characters the spotlight but what i always say when i talk about like a new movie or tv show I did not give my full form opinion until I see some footage, like a trailer, for example. And like Robert Pattinson with Batman. It's like, you know, when he first got announced, it was, everybody was like, eh, it's the guy from Twilight playing Batman. But when you saw the trailer, a lot of people's opinions changed real quick. And back to WandaVision, I did rewatch all the trailers again. And I think we're in for something good. Like I said, when I watched it, I don't know what the hell is going on half the time. 
but that's a good thing. All I could take away from watching the trailer is that when they're in their like sitcom based scenes, that's like an alternate reality of some kind that Scarlet Witch created, you know, forced to create for all we know. Uh, this is why I assume that she could change the surroundings, you know, around her, you know, coming from the 1950s to the 60s to the 70s and et cetera, et cetera. And I'm going to refer as Wanda as Scarlet Witch because this is a show where she is called Scarlet Witch for the first time. And also, that is why I think Vision is show as well. Like, no pun intended. That's why he's he is in her visions. So, like, she's imagining him. And uh, we all know what happened to Vision in Infinity War. We're not going to, you know, re-weigh you know, that information again. But I assume Vision is somehow going to be brought back to life in the real world in this show. And I also have a lot of questions about the show as well. Like, how much time has passed from the start of the show since, you know, Avengers Endgame? And that's, like, the beauty of Endgame, it was so many open, you know, so it, it was so many open-ended questions for a lot of the characters. And the only character we saw the after effects of Endgame so far was Spider-Man, and you know, Spider-Man Far From Home. And I like how Scarlet Witch, like how like like how Scarlet Witch. A few of the questions I have for WandaVision is like how Scarlet Witch got into this alternate reality. Why is she in this alternate reality? Who made her create this? And why other people are in this alternate reality as well. How do they get out? You know, some of my predictions for the show, of course, there's got to be a villain. Uh, the most popular theory I've been seeing online is that Mephesto is the villain. And uh, WandaVision, Mephesto was really, he's like, think, if, I'm, if I remember correctly, in the Infinity Gauntlet comic, Mephesto was like Thanos' right-hand man. And one of his powers is that he can manipulate memory. So... A theory I read online from Reddit is saying that, like, he found Scarlet Witch and made a deal with her, like, hey, manipulate memories where Vision is alive and y'all have a life together. All I need is your current memories in order to do that. And this is what, and this is why she is in this alternate reality is that, you know, that's somewhere in the real world. Because in one of the trailers, she slowly starts to realize the truth, like, hey, this reality I'm not in is not you know, it's not real because she could not remember how her and Vision met. And I think that Vision, I think that Vision is coming back to life. Like the show is called WandaVision. So he has to come back to life. And I'm curious on how will they do that. Also in the show, they have kids in the show. Don't ask me how a robot and a woman will have kids. Maybe they'll explain it in the show. I don't know, but I did do some research and they have, and their kids names are Wiccan and Speed, well, that's their hero names. Uh, them being mutants, people think that's how Marvel is slowly bringing the X Men into their universe. And in the comics, you know, Scarlet Witch is the daughter of uh, Magneto. And lastly, I think we're going to see a cameo from Quicksilver, of course, Scarlet Witch's brother that died in uh, Avengers Age of Ultron. I think it's only fitting that he makes an appearance. But I do not want to predict too much of what will happen in this show. You know, sometimes that can ruin the watching experience i could thinking of all these theories and oh my god this may happen and this may happen and that might happen and if it doesn't happen you're gonna be left disappointed in a way but all in all i'm excited i'm super excited to watch this show i've decided with this show and other shows set to come out this year like low-key and falcon and Winter soldier i will talk about the episode you know i will talk about the the show the episode before it comes out and then the next week i'll give you my first reactions uh to the show you know spoilers more than likely will be talked about just to let you know then when this when the season ends i'll come back on the next week to talk about you know just give you my thoughts of the season overall 
But this is the beginning of a stack 2021 for Marvel and Phase 4 for Marvel. So, like I promised earlier, the updated release timeline. Of course, we got um, WandaVision coming out this Friday. Then March, we have Falcon and Winter Soldier. May is Black Widow. And Loki comes out that month as well. July, we have uh, Sang-Chi in The Legend of the Ten Rings. I forgot to mention that movie last time I talked about uh, the Marvel release dates. And in that movie... We will see the true Mandarin, not that crap we saw in Iron Man 3 because the Mandarin gets his powers from these 10 rings. Also, he's the leader of the group, 10 rings. You know, he's, it's the group that kidnapped Iron Man back in the first Iron Man movie. And then November, we have the Eternals. And December, we get the third Spider-Man movie and other shows coming out in 2021 on Disney+. Plus. We have the What If series. That's the animated series I talked about a couple episodes ago, like, what if questions in the Marvel Universe? You get the Hawkeye show and Miss Marvel and the, the two movies coming out of 2022 that's considered part of Phase 4 in March. We have Doctor Strange 2 and May we have uh, Thor 4. And like I said, a stack 2021 and a stack Phase 4 for Marvel. But we need something to kick it off with and that's where WandaVision comes in. And I cannot wait to watch it. Come back here and talk about it next week. Now we're in round two of the NFL playoff, the divisional round. I went four and two last week with my picks in the wild card round. Now let's look into the matchups and pick some winners for this week. Okay, starting off in the AFC, we got the Browns versus the Chiefs. The Browns put off the upset by beating the Steelers 48-37 without their head coach and a lot of their players on defense because of COVID. And if you watch this game, the game was never close. The Browns jump out to... A 28-0 lead, then a 35-10 lead, and the Steelers had three turnovers in the first quarter, and the Browns scored touchdowns on all three of those turnovers. And the Browns played Browns football, to be honest. They hit you with that ground and pound with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. That led into a play action where Baker could throw it to his receivers. And like I stated earlier, they capitalized off the Steelers' turnovers. And I think everyone knew that the Steelers was a flawed team. Yeah, they started off. 11-0, but you saw the problems, and they could not run the ball to save their lives, so they relied on Big Ben to throw it, and he could throw, but you know, the more times you throw, the more chances you have of your pass getting picked off, but congrats to the Browns, they won their first playoff game since 1994, imagine what you was doing, if you was even born yet, in 1994, I was two years old the last time the Browns won a playoff game, and they're proud for winning the first playoff game in over, what, 25 years, is, is they is they get to go to Kansas City to play the Chiefs. I know some people are probably saying blowout. I wouldn't go there just yet. Yes, the Chiefs offense speaks for itself. They got Patrick Mahomes, MVP candidate, Tyreek Hill, top wide receiver, and Travis Kelsey, who isn't just a top tight end. You can make a case that he is the best pass catcher, wide receiver, or tight end in the NFL. But the Chiefs defense is high key suspect points can be scored on them so the browns have a chance to pull off the upset but they have to match the chiefs score for score which is a tall task to do and also they need at least one or two turnovers as much as i rave about patrick mahomes on this podcast he does put the ball in harm's way sometimes like he does throw them 50 50 balls to tyreek hill even though Tyreek Hill is only like 5'10", and he usually throw up them 50-50 balls to your 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", 
type receivers, and they can win that battle and pick them off at least once or twice, they may have a chance. But the Chiefs did open up as a 10-point favorite, highest spread of all the games this upcoming weekend. And I think it's going to be close early, but the Chiefs are going to pull away at the end. So I got the Chiefs winning 41-31. Next matchup we got is the Baltimore Ravens versus the Buffalo Bills. The Ravens beat the Titans 20-13 last Sunday in a very, very physical ball game. Lamar Jackson had over 300 all-purpose yards with 136 of them being rushing yards. And he's only one of six QBs to rush for over 100 yards in a playoff game, this being his second time doing so. But he only had 179 passing yards. Will that formula work in the next round? Who knows? Just depends on the situation. And I think this game is going to be close. And uh, last week, I said I trusted the Titans offense more than the Ravens offense if one team fell behind by 10 points or more well the Ravens fell behind 10-0 and I scored the Titans 20-3 the rest of the game so there went my theory but the next game is a bigger test because the Bills is probably the hottest team in the NFL to be honest they beat the Colts 24 they beat the Colts 27-24 in a game I said that was going to be closer than a lot of people would think it didn't look that way at first but the game came down to a Hail Mary now people are asking if, if this is Phillip Rivers last year. Who knows? I say I think I saw a mock draft that they're going to take Mac Jones out of Alabama. Also, Deshaun Watson seems to be unhappy with the Texans, but I don't see that trade happening. But back to this game. But the Bills are rolling at the moment. One of the first playoff games since 1995. Josh Allen had a great year. They have a very explosive offense, especially their passing game. I want to say their passing game is top five in the NFL. Diggs is, you know, the top guy. He's like top five receiver-ish. Cole Beasley, good slot receiver. And they got two great tight ends as well. And also the Bills are top 10 in passing and rushing yards allowed on defense. So they got a little defense on them as well. While the Ravens are dead last in pass attempts. and But first in the league in rushing on offense. But they are top five in passing and rushing yards allowed on defense. So you got two great defenses trying to defend a great running game that the Ravens offer and a great passing game that the Bills offer. But I think this game is going to be a defensive ball game. The Bills are two and a half point favorites. But I think the Ravens defense will have the slight edge and stop Buffalo just enough to pull off the victory. So I had the Ravens 24, the Bills 20. Then moving on to the NFC, the Rams versus the Packers. As you could tell last week, I was not confident <laughs> in the Rams offense that they could win against the Seahawks. I picked Seattle to win, but I said, I had a caveat. I said, I picked the Seahawks, but I hope I'm wrong. But the Rams did did it and pulled off the upset, beating Seattle 30-20. to The defense played the whites out yet again, held Russell Wilson to under 200 yards passing, sacked him five times, two by Aaron Donald and two by Leonard Floyd, picking him off once for a touchdown, pick six, like I said last week, the Rams got them dogs on defense. And they have a championship defense, in my opinion. They're just more than, than just the two, you know, defensive stars, Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. They have depth at every position, but only if the offense can catch up just a little bit. Just to be a bit more consistent, I think we can make a run in the playoffs. But we did start our backup quarterback last week, and he got hurt. People said it was a dirty hit. I didn't think it was a dirty hit. At first, I thought it was because I thought it was helmet-to-helmet contact contact but the defender's shoulder got him on the crown of his helmet and he got a little i think a, a neck stinger or something like that but 
Backup quarterback was out. We threw Jared Goff in. And while the game was going on, I was just sitting there was like, come on, Goff. I just need one good throw from you. And then, you know, we'll be in the game. And then about seven minutes left in the game, the Seahawks fumbled the punt, which we recovered and had the ball in their territory. Sean McVay drew up a great play to have Robert Woods act like he was blocking. Then he went across the field uh, for a pass. And Sean McVay is one of the best play callers in the league. Yes, the Rams don't have the best talent, but he pushed, you know, he pushed those players in great situations and, and, and it gives them an opportunity to make the play. And Goff hit him with that play action pass. I think Goff is, is best when he's in the play action. Uh, Goff hit him perfectly and Woods walking to the end zone. Hell, he could have walked in backwards. That's how wide open he was. Also, I think the reason we got so much momentum offensively was because we was running the ball so well. Cam Akers had over 130 yards rushing, tacked on 45 yards receiving too. And we need to bring that same momentum offensively next week. I could see we was trying not to make Goff throw the ball as much because he was just only like, I think he said 12 days removed from thumb surgery on his throwing hand. If it was his left hand, he'd probably been slinging it, but it's his throwing hand, so they would be more conservative. Another week of rest, and I think he'll be good to air it out a little bit more if need be because we got to visit that bad man Aaron Rodgers up in Green Bay. This <laughs> this was the matchup I was trying I was trying so much to avoid. Usually, West Coast teams don't fare don't fare well in cold weather stadiums. I think the last West Coast team, like mainly California-based teams, to win a playoff game in a cold weather stadium was, I think, said Kaepernick in 2013 when uh, he led the 49ers up to Green Bay and won. I would rather play the Saints, to be honest. Not saying the Saints are the easier team to beat. I would like our chances even better because, you know, weather wouldn't play a factor because the Saints playing a dome. Not only in Green Bay, we got to deal with the weather. We got to deal with the Packers' offense. Aaron Rodgers has an MVP season. Aaron Jones is a great running back out of the backfield. And you had arguably the best receiver in the game in Devontae Adams. And that Devontae Adams and Jalen Ramsey matchup is going to be a sight to see. But is there a chance we could go in Green Bay and win? Yes. Because they say defense and run games travel. And the Rams have both. The running back position was probably the most questionable position coming into the season in my opinion yes we were at least girly and we had young guys you know to fill in the role but cam makers has shored up the running back the running back position this year uh, we need him to be that workhorse again this week and also the packers they do give up 4.5 yards rush 4.5 yards to carry to opposing teams that's 21st in the nfl so they can be ran on also can golf be healthy enough to make timely throws I just needed to turn back the clock to 2018, the Super Bowl year, just for one more game. Can we convert those third and longs to keep drives going? Because usually when it's third and long, normally a team is going to pass to try to get the first down. Because no matter how good your defense is, and the defense is good, if the offense keeps going three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out, the defense can't rest, and eventually they're going to, you know, break and give up big, big plays. Like I said last week, the defense is top tier, but we're going against a different animal this week in Aaron Rodgers because Green Bay is first in points scored this uh this season, but the Rams are first in points allowed this season as well. So you got the number one offense going against the number one defense. And the key on defense is to pressure Aaron Rodgers and to get him off the field on third down and possibly, 
possibly create turnovers, which is hard because Aaron Rodgers had the best touchdown to interception ratio in NFL history. Last but not least, we need to we need our players to be healthy to have a chance because two of our best players, Aaron Donald on, on defense and Cooper Cup on offense, were injured last week. Aaron Donald had a rib injury. I think he was trying to he was trying to sack Russ and Russ landed on his ribs and Cooper Cup tweaked his knee towards the end of the game. They both play important roles on their respective sides of the ball. Of course, Aaron Donald is the anchor of the defense. And Cooper Cup is a security blanket at wide receiver on offense. Like, if you need seven yards, Cooper Cup will get you eight yards. But at the end of the day, I think it's going to be a hard-fought game. And the defense is going to hold up. But I think Aaron Rodgers is going to get the best of us. I have the Packers winning 27-20. to And the last game in this divisional round matchups are the New Orleans Saints versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is the third meeting between the two teams. And New Orleans has won the first two matchups. And this is built up to be, you know, Drew Brees versus Tom Brady, possibly for the last time. Or as I like to call it, wreck time at the retirement home. The New Orleans Saints did get the best of Tampa the first two times, but the playoffs is a different animal. And if you watch NFL football, we all know Tom Brady's a different animal in the playoffs. To me, Drew Brees hasn't been the same in the playoffs since the NFC title game against the Rams a couple years ago. Uh, both offenses, are, to me, they're equal. So it's a push. New Orleans definitely got the best defense. Both uh, front forwards, they can pressure the quarterback, but Tampa has allowed the fewest sacks all season. But at the end of the day, whichever quarterback performs the best is going to win the game. And I think that quarterback is going to be Tom Brady. So I had the winner of this game. I got the Buccaneers 31-28. So those are my picks for this week's rounds of the NFL playoffs. Chiefs, Ravens, Packers, Buccaneers. I'll be back next week to recap the games and pick who I think is going to the Super Bowl. Thank you for listening to another episode of the podcast. I greatly appreciate you taking time out of your very busy day to give this podcast a listen. Thank you for all the likes, retweets, shares, subscribes, and overall support to give to the podcast. Like I always say, I will not be here without you, the listener, and I thank you for that. Y'all take care, be safe, and I'll see y'all next time.